I've been called a control freak. I like to think of myself as more of a control enthusiast. Hmm. Perfect 177 degrees. And that's why this road warrior rents from National. I can bypass the counter and go straight to my car. And I don't have to talk to any humans unless I want to. And I don't. The National lets me choose any car in the aisle. Control. And so, what's the word? Sexy. Go National. Go like a pro. Okay, this is our third ser- sermon in this series. How many of you honestly are control enthusiasts? Okay, the Greek word, how many of you are control freaks? Raise your hand. <laughs> Maybe a little more honesty. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. It's very interesting, and it's very important, I think, especially this morning as what, what we're going to talk about. But the psychological report I read, it talked about people who struggle with anxiety, uh, feel a lot of stress, and then with anxiety, then maybe panic attacks, and then with all that, the ugly cousin in there, depression. One of the things that they have in in common is they want to control things, and they want to over-control things. And when, when when you're trying to control things that you can't control, that God never intended for you to control, it's going to ramp up your stress and your anxiety and your depression, and it's, it's going to make you a mess. See, God didn't intend for you and me to control the universe. We're going to use a lot of scriptures this morning, again, but we're going to look today, what do we do with those things we can't control? When you can't control, no matter what you think this morning, no matter how wealthy you are, how much money you have, who your daddy is, who your mommy, you, you, there's a lot of things beyond our control, a ton of things beyond our control. If you don't understand that, we will meet you. Merrick will stay with you up here this afternoon until 5 or 6 tonight, if he has to, to help you work through those issues. I'm going to try to help you with the control issues. Let's begin with this. We really can't control other people. Isn't that disappointing? (laughs) See, some of you think you can, and you're losing your hair and your teeth, and you're taking a lot of medication to calm that down. We really cannot control other people. Now, if you're a parent or if you've raised children, when kids are at home and they're small, you have a lot of ability to contain their life, and you're responsible to do that, to put boundaries, and yes, to, to some extent control what time they go to bed or when they get up, you, but you can't control if they go to sleep or not, can you? You, you, you have control over, you, you do have control over things like them going to school and, and them coming to church. Uh, it just it's never ceases to amaze me to hear parents say, I just don't want to make my child go to church. My parents made me go when I was little, and I don't want to make my child. Did your parents make you go to the doctor? I didn't like going to the doctor when I was little, but I'm glad my parents made me. Parents, make your kids come to church. You know what? If you don't make them go to school, you may go to jail, and you should, because you're not very smart. But, but you're going you're to leave eternity and eternal things into the this, this hand of a seven-year-old because you don't want to force it. Anyway, you have a lot of control over those issues. If someone lives in your home and they're 40 years old, you have some control over their life. If you come to live with me and you're 40, you are not going to smoke dope and get drunk in my house. You're just not going to do it. And you may do that when you go get go somewhere else. You're not going to sit in my house and blow pot all over the house. You're just not going to do it. And you know what? If you're 40 and you live with me, you're going to come to church every Sunday. Isn't that great? 
That's why you don't want to live with me, probably. But, you, but you're, you're going to. So we have control. To some extent, we can try to modify behavior, but we don't control the individual's hearts. And that person who's 40 who lives with you and they get out of your house, you, you don't control them. So what do we do? Do we have a nervous breakdown? Do we go crazy? Do we fight with them all the time because we're trying to control? Let me give you some things from God's Word that I think can really help us in this process. Number one, control what you can control, and that would be you. I want to control you. You want to control me. You can't. I can't. But remember last week, we can control us. In John 21, verse 21 and 22, it's a great story, a great dialogue. Peter, Jesus has been talking to Peter. Jesus resurrected from the tomb, and they, they have this encounter at the lake, and Jesus is making breakfast. Wasn't that cool? Jesus made breakfast for you. And so they're eating breakfast, and they caught a bunch of fish, and everything's wonderful. And then Jesus kind of pins Peter down. He goes, hey, do you love me? Yeah, Jesus, you know I love you. Three times he asked him. The last time, Jesus, Peter's like kicking the dirt. He's about to cry. You, you know I love you. know you're God. You know everything. Quit asking me. You know I love you. And then Jesus tells him how he's going to die. By the way, when you get old, they're going to carry you out, and then they're going to crucify you upside down, and it's going to be really rotten. Well, th- thanks a lot, Jesus, for the, uh, the words of encouragement this morning. Uh, and then G- Peter does exactly what I would have done and what you would have done. He says, he turned around, he saw, Peter saw John, and he said to Jesus, Lord, Lord what about him? Is he going to die a miserable death too? It's going to be bad for him in the end, isn't it? And Jesus said to him, if I want, if it's my will that he stays alive until I come back again, what is that to you? You follow me. Isn't that just like us? What, what about them? I want to know about you. I want to be in your business. I, I, want, to, I want to make sure that, that, that our paths are semi going the same direction. And Jesus ultimately tells Peter, Peter, you don't control John, don't ultimately, you, you're certain you're trying to influence and help people, absolutely. But you, you're, you forget about him and you follow me. You can control, remember what we talked about last week, six things. You can control your attitude towards others. And you think this morning about the people who drive you crazy. You control your attitude. You control your effort. What you put into the relationship. You control your responses. They make me mad. They made me say, no, they didn't. You chose for them to, to upset you. Now, sometimes you should be upset at what people do. You, you control your, your responses. You control your actions. You control your temper. Oh, they made me mad. No, they don't make you mad without your permission. And you control your words. So you're dealing with people, and you want to help them, and they need help because you know they're crazy, and they're going to ruin their lives, and you are the superman or the superwoman, and you can help them. I understand that. But you can't control them. Control you, number one. Control what you can control you. Number two, be who you should be. Man, these go hand in glove. It's so important. What you need to take into your relationships with other people is not the control valve. It's you and me being who we should be. In 1 John 2, 6, Jesus said... Whoever says that they abide in me ought to walk the same way in which I walk. Let me simplify that. Jesus said, if you are a Christian, you should live like Jesus. What you need to do is control you. Be who you should be. Are you a born-again believer? Have you given your life to Christ? Do that. Live for Christ. Sell out to Him. Put Him first in your life. The best thing you can bring into a relationship is not the control vows again. It's you being 
who you should be. Control you and be who you should be. Number three, love people unconditionally. Man, this is big, and it's hard. The next two points are hard. Some of these we talked about five weeks ago with dealing with our prodigals, but you have forgotten those, I'm sure, so we'll touch on them again. Love them unconditionally. In, in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40, Jesus was in a, a kind of an argument with the, the religious leaders of the, the day. They said, Jesus, what's the most important command? They argued about this all the time. The Old Testament, they say there's 614 laws. I, honestly, I've never counted. I just take their word for it. They argue, what's the most important? Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, but Jesus doesn't stop there. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two things depend all the law and the prophets. Jesus said, if you do these two things, everything else in life falls together. Now, we're talking about our relationships with other people. Jesus says, what I want you to do with people, you can't control your roommate. You can't control your little brother or your big sister. You can't control your parents. You can't control, ultimately, especially the older they get, you cannot control your kids, but you can love them unconditionally. You can love them unconditionally. Remember, the New Testament was written in in the Greek language originally, and that word love there is the word agape love. The Greeks had four words for love. One was eros, a sexual love. There was phileo, which was a brotherly love, a warm love. But agape love means that I choose to love you. Jesus says when you unconditionally love people, it it doesn't mean you unconditionally approve of their behavior. You're not facilitating their wrong. You're not always feeling warm and fuzzy about them because they're crazy and they're driving you crazy and they're goofy or whatever. But it means that you choose to be kind and benevolent and nice to them regardless See, we can't control them. Control would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? But Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. Quit trying to control them, and you love them despite the junk and the mess and the heartache maybe that they bring you. You love them unconditionally. Now, here's number four, and you, got, you can't separate these two. Hold strongly to God's truth. Hold strongly, strongly, strongly to God's truth. Folks, when God tells us to unconditionally love people, This does not mean an unconditional approval of wrong behavior. It's not saying, I love you, and hey, you know what? You're just doing some really terrible things, and I'm good with that. Hey, that's great. Can I facilitate? Can I send you some money to help with your wrong behavior? Hey, you can come to my house, and you can do it. No, that's not what God says at all. God says we love them unconditionally, but that we, we have got to hold strongly to, to the truth. Now, see, here's what you've got to decide in, in, with this. Who's your boss? Who's your Lord? Is it your kids? If it is, they're going to determine your true north. Is it your friends? And see, man, in society today, this is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Because people say, if you love me, how dare you say what I'm doing is wrong. You heard that? It was so funny. Last night I was, I was uh, checking out some stuff on the Internet. And I told Cindy, this guy who, who I, I know and I really, really care about him, I guess he's kind of a hippie. And, and he's like for peace. And, and, and I'm for peace. And he's for like, you know, hugging trees and things like that, which I'm not really into that. 
And like, unless there's a bear coming, they have to hug it going up it. And, but he puts this thing on, you know, about how that we just need more peace and more flowers and all that. And then someone wrote back, but what about the people who resist that and, and basically who are conservative? And he was like, well, we'll just kill them and rip their hearts out. And I'm thinking, where'd the peace go? Where'd the flowers go? Uh, he dropped his marijuana at that point. He wasn't mellowed out anymore. And, <laughs> And so what I'm telling you is this is going to get worse. And so you have to decide who is calling your shots. You don't control people, but if you're going to do it God's way, God's got to control you. God's got to call your shots. In Ephesians 4.15, listen, this is so perfect for our discussion. Rather, speak the truth in love. We are to grow in every way into him who is the head in Christ. See, We fall off the horse with truth. We're either too mean, too rigid, or we're too loving. We're just too tolerant of everything. We hold to love and to truth. 2 Thessalonians uh, 2.15 is a wonderful, wonderful verse too. It says, With all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching we passed on to you, whether by person or by letter. Here's what God was saying through Paul to these people in Thessalonica. This is 2,000 years ago. Hey, there's confusing teaching coming out. There's people who are going to disagree with what you're, what you're doing and about following Jesus. Get a, get a firm grip on God's Word and God's truth and hold on to it and don't let go. And see, that's what we must do with other people. We can't control them. We love them unconditionally, and we hold to a true standard. You are not helping someone if you don't do this. God's Word Jesus Christ is our true standard. I I remember hearing this when I was a kid, and scuba divers have told me this is something they practice. If you're ever underwater and you can't figure out which way is up, the bubbles always go up. Did you know that? You do not have to have a Ph.D. in scubaology to know that. They always go up. When I was 13 years old, I was in this grubby pond or lake in Tennessee, and we were probably out in water about six or seven feet deep, and I got disoriented. And, you know, you, you think your life's flashing before you, and, you know, and then your father's going to spank you even though you've died. He's going to spank you because you shouldn't have been swimming in there anyway. And he spanks the corpse before they carry it off or whatever. And, and, but I remembered as, as I'm thinking about all these things, bubbles always go up. And, and I followed my little bubbles to the top. You know, I was probably this far from the top. And, and, I, and I, I actually lived, folks. It was awesome. And... Uh, <laughs> God's word's always true. It's always true. So when, when, you, you quit trying to control people, but you hold to the standard. You're going to answer to your heavenly daddy someday. You be ready to stand before God and say, I wasn't perfect, but I held to the truth, okay? Here's the fourth thing. Seek to be, or fifth thing, seek to be a positive, consistent influence. Every word there is important. We, we ought to strive. See, I can't control you. You can't control me. But we can influence. So we want to be consistent and we want to be positive. See, we haven't always done these things well. We're not consistent or we're not positive. A lot of church people, a lot of professing Christians, we are not really attractive to the world. We don't do bad things. And, and you shouldn't do bad things. There's things that we don't need to do if you say you're following Christ. But if that's all you're known for and you're mean... And judgmental, I mean, that's repulsive. That doesn't draw people to Christ at, at all. Several years back, there was a massive survey done of teenagers. 
And then they found teenagers who said they never went to church, and they asked them, what do you think about Christians? And, and it was like 84 to 85% said, we view Christians and we view the church as judgmental, snooty people who condemn us and look down on us. Wow, that's pretty tough, isn't it? And, and then they continued in the survey, and they said, well, what about, you know, besides that, if that's not enough, what else pushes you away from coming to church or following Jesus? And they said, and almost again, about 85% said, a lot of the young people who say they're Christians, they live just like us. And then they condemn us for the things that we do. Now, I know how, I know how it is. The, People use excuses, and sometimes that's exaggerated. You know, that's like the person who won't come to church because there's hypocrites here, but they'll go to the mall this afternoon. There's not any malls at the hypocr- hypocrites at the mall. Did you know that? How many of you have been to a ball game of any kind in the last year? You know, there wasn't a hypocrite there, was there? Come on, get real. If you're going to use an excuse, find a better one. Amen? Amen? Okay, you go to an LSU game, there's only 190,000 people there. There's quite a few people who probably aren't consistent in their life. So just push that away. But here's the truth of it is, and I know this before I was a Christian, a lot of times we come across as judgmental. We come across as self-righteous. And all that does is make you feel good about yourself, and it makes God cry, and it makes people repulsed. We have to be a positive influence. You can't control your adult children. You can't control your teenage children, ultimately. You can't control family members or friends, but you can influence them. In Matthew 5, 13, Jesus said, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Salt loses the saltiness. It's not good. What did he mean by that? Back then and even today, salt, man, salt heals. Salt can be used as a healer. Salt back then preserved when you didn't have, you know, air conditioning systems and cooling systems. Salt makes things taste better. How many of you like French fries? If you're a Christian, you like French fries, don't you? And if you're a committed Christian, you like salt on your fries. Amen? Help a brother out. Amen? And, And so... We'll talk to you after church about getting right on your salt if we need to. But salt makes it taste better, doesn't it? And see, Christian, hey, church, Christian, here's why we'd rather try to control than influence because influencing is a lot harder. And we're not doing well with the influence because we're supposed to be a positive flavoring, make better people in our world. Quit trying to control Try to be a positive influence. Verse 14 through 16, Jesus continues, and he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on a stand so it can give light in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to God the Father who is in heaven. See, the ultimate goal, we want to be a consistent, positive influence so we'll point people to Jesus. Light brings warmth. Light shows the way. Light, light's a guide. Light comforts. That's what he wants us to be. You say, I want to control people, but I can't. But I can be a consistent, positive influence. That's what God's saying. And lastly, we pray and we never give up praying. We never give up praying. We never give up praying. Luke 18, 1. Jesus said, I want you to pray for a little while, and then if you don't get the answer, I want you to quit. I want you to be mad at God, and I want you to tell all your friends prayer doesn't work. 
Are you paying attention? That is not what that says. Now, that's what we believe. He says, I want you to pray, and I want you to never, ever give up. Years ago, I was a, like an interim pastor in a little church in Tennessee. When I say little, we had like 10 on Sunday mornings. One Sunday night, we had two. Well, actually three, you count me, and, and a baby. So there, there was two adults, a lady holding a baby. Yeah, they had a nursery. Yeah. Uh-huh. And me, and I let them have it. I mean, 25 minutes, man, I let them have it. I preached my whole sermon. And they appreciated it, I'm sure. And, but, but the man, Stanley, who was kind of leading the church, he told me a story. In that community, there had been a lady whose husband wanted nothing to do with God. And so for years, he would bring her to church, drop her off on Sunday morning. He'd go to the courthouse across the street and whittle. You young people know what whittling is? Google it when you get home. And they... He'd whittle, and, and he would just goof around with all the other old men who didn't want to go to church, and then he'd go back afterwards, and he'd pick her up. This went on for one year, five years, 10 years, 15 years. She's praying, God, save him, God, save him. 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, God, save him, God, save him. He's whittling, he's whittling. 35 years later, he gives his life to Christ. Isn't that awesome? I, I, I'm not trying to be funny or facetious. You pray till one of you dies. You don't pray for them to die. That's not... You pray until somebody goes on. You keep praying. God says never quit. We can't control people, but we can, man, we can make a major impact on them. Now, let's look real quick at, at, at the, the next part of this. There's a whole lot of things in life we can't control. Not only can we not control people, but there's so much of life we can't control. Okay? You can't control the weather. Would you agree with that? I read this true. In France, there was this company that said for $115,000, they could guarantee you a wedding, perfect weather. They'd hire scientists, meteorologists, airplanes to do all this research. And then the disclaimer at the bottom said, well, unless like a hurricane or some big storm come up. Unless a hurricane or a storm comes up, I can guarantee you it won't rain unless a storm comes up. You can't control the weather. How many of you think you can control North Korea and Ping Yong Pong Pong or whatever? Uh, can you control him? If I could control him, two things would happen. A good haircut. <laughs> we got plenty of people in our church who could give him that. And I would get him to quit playing with nuclear devices. But I can't control him, and neither can you. And I can't control Donald Trump or... President Obama or the Congress or the Democrats, I can't control them. So what do I do? Do I go crazy? I'd rather not. Let me tell you again what God says. Number one, control what you can control, you. Some of these are going to be repetitious, but it applies perfectly. I, I, I can't control the North Korean dictator. I can't control the weather, but I can control my attitude about everything that happens. See, we pray very hard on Sunday it doesn't rain because some of you feel like you'll melt. You will not come if it rains. And so we either got to come up here and we can have a great attitude or we can be really mad on Sunday morning when it rains because people stay home. I can control my attitude, I can control my effort, my actions, my responses, my temper, my tongue. Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your friends, your neighbors, your friends, kid's body as a living sacrifice. No, present yours. Present yours as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is what real worship is, giving yourself to God. Don't be conformed by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, 
God says, control what you can control. You, you lay yourself out to God and you get your attitude and your heart right. Secondly, be who you should be. Be who you should be. You can't control, you can't control the Congress. You can't control even a lot of things that happen in Lincoln Parish, but you can bring the right you into any relationship, into any situation. In Ephesians 5.1, Jesus says, be imitators of God as beloved children. A Christian, be like Jesus. Make sure you belong to God. Live for God. Be who you should be in every situation. Ephesians 6.14, it says, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. See, be who you should be. You belong to God. And you're going you're gonna to be firm in the truth. In, in the old days when these Roman soldiers and that Ephesians 6 is talking about a, a battle picture, they, they put their belt on to keep their robe together when they were fighting. Some of you need to keep your belt on to keep your pants up because that would be very offensive to those around you. Amen? So a belt is good. It keeps your breeches on. A breastplate protected your heart and your liver and some of those things you kind of need, your lungs and those things. And so God says, listen, you can't control a lot of things. You can't control people, but bring the best you into the world. Bring the best you into every situation. Be right with God. Stand firm on truth. Bring the best you. And here's the third thing. Pray about everything a lot. What, what are you not praying about this morning? Some of us, and I hear, you know, I just don't want to bother God. That, that's too small for God. Let God's Word tell you about prayer. Matthew 7, 7 and 8, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Those who seek find. And him who knocks, the door will be opened. The verb tense there is continual. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, verses you need to know by heart. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, all-inclusive, by your prayers and your supplications, that's a type of praying, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, look, you want to control it, stop. Pray and pray. Don't worry. Don't try to control. Pray and keep praying. Let me give you an example uh, about a hurricane coming. When, when, when I grew up in Tennessee, you, you didn't think about hurricanes. In, in West Texas, you don't think about hurricanes. In Louisiana, you think about them from August till Christmas, right? If you live on the coast, you think about them because you know the, the destruction. So you, you, have, you look at the National Weather or Hurricane Center 15 times a day because you want to control the hurricane, right? You can't control the hurricane, but put these first things together. What can you do about a hurricane? Well, do what you can do. Pay attention to the news. Don't be caught off guard when they've been telling you for five days a hurricane. Well, I didn't know it was coming. Come on, really? Board up your house. Get in your car and leave. Right? Make sure you are saved in case the worst case scenario happens, you're going to heaven, correct? No, that's a bad idea, right? Yes, that's a very good idea. And then pray like crazy, right? I'm convinced that some of the hurricanes that hit this year might have been a lot, lot worse if there hadn't been a lot, lot of people praying that, that did protect us. 
Don't sit by and be a victim. Don't try to control things you can't control. Do what you can. Be who you should be and pray and pray and pray. And then number four, seek to be a positive, consistent influence. Just like we said earlier, seek to be a positive influence on your world. In Matthew 5, 16, I won't look at it. We won't put it on the screen again. But remember what Jesus said? Man, you be salt and light. You be a difference maker in your world. You live in a way that points people to Jesus. You, you can't control things around you, but you can, you can influence in a positive way if you will. And here's the last thing with all this. Trust God. Trust God. We want to control. We want to worry. God says, trust me. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your Ph.D. And lean on your CPA. Lean on your M.D. Lean on your law degree. Lean on your theology degree. Lean on your high school. No. It says, and lean not on your own understanding. You see, we want to control things and we can't. God says, trust me. Do what you can. Pray and trust me. Romans 8, 28, one of the great verses in the Bible. And we know that for all those who love God, all things work together for the good. Now, folks, that passage doesn't say all things are good. And it doesn't say that that all things work to the good for everybody. It says when a person knows Christ and is trying to live for Christ, no matter what happens, if we will stay close to Christ, God will work it out for the best and for our best. Is that not amazing? You can trust God. We make a mess and we come back to God. God can put his hand in that mess and make a masterpiece. The world creates messes around us. We stay close to God. God puts his hand in that mess and he can make a masterpiece. Someone said Romans 8.28 is a soft pillow for a tired soul. I would say it's a soft pillow for a controlling soul too. Trust God. Trust God. Folks, the choices this morning are yours. The consequences of the choices you make, sanity, insanity, joy, unhappiness, effective life, ineffective. I, I want to encourage you this morning. You make a choice Handle those things you can't control God's way. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, I'm going to challenge you in a moment. Uh, But I just, man, I hope that you will seriously and sincerely make some choices today in the right direction. If you're not a Christian... If you're ready right now to give your life to Christ, I want to ask you to pray with me. And just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to, I want to turn from my sins. And Jesus, I believe you're God's son and that you died for me and arose for me. Come into my heart. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in just a second. And when we do, I want to challenge you to respond to God. Maybe you just prayed and asked Jesus in your heart. Or you're ready to do that. 
Maybe you want to talk to us after church or when we stand, you want to come and give your life to Christ. You've got control over that. Respond today. God's leading you to join our church. You can do that after church or you can come and join us. Some of you need to do that. Come and do that today. Christian, do we understand how serious for our own health this is? Decide to do life God's way. It's within your control to do so. We'll be down here to pray with you or pray for you if you need that. Let's stand.